There's no Inside the Groove this week. Instead, I'm planning a very special episode for next week. I don't want to tell you what it is in case it doesn't happen. In the meantime, rather than you going cold turkey, I'm offering you two episodes of my other podcast, Inside the Hits. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, subscribe to it. If you don't, let's never mention it again. In the meantime, stay safe, and I'll be back with some really, really great Madonna content very, very soon. Inside the Hits is a podcast which takes a classic pop song from the past 50 years every episode and tells the story of how it was written, produced and recorded. You'll hear the facts of how great tunes came to be and the creatives responsible, including, of course, the bands and singers themselves. We've got access to the individual parts of the song, the drums, the guitars, the keyboards and, of course, the vocals. And you'll get to hear them in isolation as we truly dissect the track and find out why it became a success. So get ready as we go Inside the Hits. It's a Sim was the lead single from the Pet Shop Boys' second album, Actually, which, on release, gave them their second UK number one single. It also topped the chart in Austria, Denmark, Finland, Norway, Spain, Sweden, in fact most of Europe, and it was a top 10 hit in Australia and the United States, a certain smash on its release in June 1987. However, it had begun life as a demo recorded by legendary New York high-energy producer Bobby Orlando a few years earlier, and I'll be playing you that demo. With thundercracks, priest chanting and a totally non-sequitur NASA countdown, it's a dramatic, overblown production, typical of the late 80s, but with a wry sense of knowing from the song's creators Neil Tennant and Chris Lowe, and I'll discuss their rise to fame following a chance meeting on the King's Road in London, 1981. I'll be talking about how they recorded the song with producer Julian Mendelssohn, and playing you the isolated tracks from that session. I'll also discuss the rather bizarre attempt to shame the band by a since-disgraced DJ, which resulted in his own chart flop and an out-of-court settlement to the boys. The song is a triumph, and in 2021, it was chosen as the title and theme song to a new Channel 4 drama about gay men and HIV in the 1980s, written by the outstanding genius that is Russell T. Davis. He didn't pay me to say that. I really do mean it. So, get prepared to say a few Hail Marys, as you're going to learn all about the song and also hear it as you've never heard it before. release of It's a Sin in June 1987 marked 18 months since the Pet Shop Boys began bothering the UK charts. By this point, they were one of the most exciting bands around, and they were about to embark upon what they themselves entitled their Imperial Phase. For the next two years, they could do no wrong, but their journey to triumph was not fast and it wasn't easy. Here's a potted history. 
It all started on Wednesday, 19th of August, 1981. Shaken Stevens was at number one in the UK with Green Door, while Margaret Thatcher was Prime Minister. Meanwhile, Neil Tennant, a writer at Smash Hits magazine, was visiting an electronics shop in Chelsea on the King's Road, at precisely the same time as Chris Lowe, an architect student, and they struck up a conversation. Both Northerners who had relocated to the capital, they discussed Neil's recently purchased Korg MS-10 synthesizer and discovering a mutual love of the music of dance producer Bobby Orlando, aka Bobby O, they exchanged telephone numbers. That Saturday, they met up and started writing songs together. Their partnership, which was never romantic, blossomed and they continued to write either in Neil's flat or a basement studio in Camden. During 1982, they wrote the earliest version of the song, It's a Sin, along with tracks like Opportunities, Rent and What Have I Done to Deserve This. Taking the name West End, they decided to seriously pursue the route of a musical career. They changed their name to Pet Shop Boys, a nickname they gave to friends who lived above a pet shop in Ealing after they wrote a new song called West End Girls and decided to have a song and band name the same was a little bit tacky. When Neil was sent to New York to review a concert by the band Police and interviewed lead singer Sting for Smash Hits, he set up a meeting with producer Bobby O in his office on Broadway. They talked about records and at the end of the conversation, Bobby suggested that Neil and his UK partner should record with them. Three weeks later, the pair were in Manhattan. The first thing they recorded was this version of West End Girls. Sometimes you're better off dead There's a gun in your hand, it's pointing at your head You think you're mad, but too unstable Kicking in chairs and knocking down tables In a restaurant in a West End town Call of police, there's a madman around Running down underground to a dive bar In a West End town It had a lukewarm response on its release in April 1984 And despite having 13 tracks with Bobby They exited their deal and instead hired manager Tom Watkins Eventually they were signed to Parlophone Records In the middle of 1985 after another false start, they eventually released a re-recorded version of West End Girls, this time with producer Stephen Haig, and everything changed when it shot to number one. They released their debut album, Please, in March 1986. Oh, I had just turned 16 and I can't begin to tell you how much I love that album. The singles flowed. There was Love Comes Quickly, Opportunities, and an important one, which was the remix of the song Suburbia. Notable because it was remixed by producer Julian Mendelssohn, who brought a whole new widescreen feel to what was otherwise just an album track. A remix album followed, but the boys had by now decided that they wanted their second album to be recorded, at least in part, with Julian. And of course, Paramount was reconstructing the song, originally written in 1982, called It's a Sin. But first, let's step back to early 80s Manhattan. On 18th of August 1983, Stuart, Andy and Sting, aka The Police, played Shea Stadium for their Synchronicity Tour. Around that time, Neil Tennant met up with Bobby O, and by September, Neil and Chris were installed in a flat of Bobby's in Manhattan off-Broadway, 
and would spend their days recording in 90-minute sessions, whilst in the evenings they were visiting clubs such as Paradise Garage, Area and Dancetira, which would help give them inspiration for the songs that they would record the following day in studio. During that trip, they recorded this demo. When he appeared on the radio show Desert Island Discs in 2007, Neil Tennant spoke about the lyrics of the song and said, I guess it comes from my subconscious. At school, we always seemed to be taught that everything you wanted to do was a sin. It was an early example of us trying to bring a different subject matter into pop. It's a great tune, said producer Julian Mendelssohn, who'd been brought in to produce half of the Actually album, which helped him earn a Producer of the Year nomination in the 1988 British Phonographic Industry Awards. If you don't have a great tune, he said, you're stuffed. Mendelssohn was born and raised in Melbourne, Australia, before moving to the UK in the early 70s, just after he left school. By the early 80s, he was working as a tape operator slash T-boy at the legendary Psalm West Studios in Notting Hill Gate. He then moved to the Psalm East Station over on the other side of London where they installed Europe's first 48-track recorder. And he was around to witness the recording of classic albums by Nick Kershaw, Bob Marley, Frankie Goes to Hollywood and Kate Bush. In particular, he got to work with the great Trevor Horn and studied his production methods on albums such as Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Eventually, he was offered the opportunity to do pretty much a reproduction on Pet Shop Boys Suburbia, but he wasn't sure at first, he didn't feel it was really his kind of music. In late 1986, back over at Psalm West, he began work using a digital 32-track recorder along with Pet Shop Boys and their programming colleagues Andy Richards, JJ Jexalic and Gary Morton. As a producer, he saw his role as more of a facilitator, helping Neil and Chris realise their ambitions making suggestions on sounds, giving advice on singing, and assisting them with the fantastic equipment that was installed at Sunwest, including the legendary Fairlight synthesizer slash sampler. We never laboured on a track for more than a few hours, he told Sound on Sound magazine. Otherwise, we just lose perspective. Indeed, with the majority of the tracks on actually already written, they would work for a few hours on one song, swap over the cards and move on to the next song, and keep repeating until they had completed all the work. But despite having a fairly good demo for It's a Sen already, the boys really wanted to try something different. A big overlong production style, really dramatic, and taking the song as far as it could go. They started with the bass line and drum pattern and then added keyboards. That's where they laid down a guide vocal from Neil Tennant. When I look back upon my life, it's always with a sense of shame. I've always been the one to blame. In those days, said Julian, Neil wasn't a great singer and he knew it, so there was always a bit of work involved in getting his vocals right. He's improved a hell of a lot since then. Interestingly, listening to the multi-track, which I'm going to let you hear a bit of in a minute, there's the melody line played on a piano on one of the tracks. 
Some people who aren't great singers, and hello, I'm talking about me here, sometimes have a piano played melody line that they can listen to whilst they're singing to help them stay in tune. These days we have autotune to help with performance. But let's face it, Neil's plaintive delivery is half of what makes the song so memorable. But it's not just the keyboards and vocals that give Itzis in depth, it's the sound effects too, including that fantastic thunderclap which was programmed on a Roland keyboard by Andy Richards. However, what the band really saw for this was real-life Catholic sound effects. At one point, said Mendelssohn, I took a recorder to Brompton Oratory. Now that's the nickname of the Church of the Immaculate Heart of Mary on Brompton Road in South Kensington. There, he said, we recorded a Catholic Mass, which is buried away on the mix somewhere. After recording and doing his own mixes of the five songs from Actually, Julian headed off to do some work with Level 42. When he returned to the project, however, he discovered that Stephen Haig, who'd worked on another five tracks on the album, had had a go at mixing some of the songs, including It's a Sin. And although he thinks that his own mix was technically better, he has to admit that Stephen's mix was the one that made it a hit. He said, by bringing in a pair of fresh ears to proceedings, he was able to zero in on what the track needed. That included actually editing out half a bar of music in each of the verses to create a sort of turnaround on each phrase. I'll explain what I mean as we run through the multi-track as it exists for It's a Sin. Now, with these leaked multi-tracks, it's great to listen to, fascinating, but not all the elements always exist. What I have for It's a Sin, oh, and it's wonderful to listen to, doesn't include any of the drums. So what I'm gonna play for you is a rough mix that I've put together, highlighting certain bits and interjecting bits of the familiar mix that we all know. And here's that NASA countdown. T-minus 15 seconds, guidance is in And there's a choir sample on the Fairlight. I'll bring the strings back. Now the full drama. Strip it down. Some Catholic Mass. Now the bass synth. And this to this is the bit that's missing in Stephen Haig's mix. It really tightens it up. Some synth brass. Now let's have a listen to some of Neil's vocals. There are about three or four takes of it, some of which are being compiled together, and some are there to give a sort of double track effect to help thicken his voice. At school they taught me how to be So pure in thought and word and deed They didn't There's a great sample here, I don't know what it is. The orchestra break. For everything I long to do no matter when or where or who has one thing dialing in some of those synth pads now it's a it's a it's a it's a sin 
And of course, it's those big dramatic tom-tom drums that help push this bit forward. Now listen to this. That's a vocoder used on Neil's voice. It's an analog effect developed in the late 1960s, which gives a sort of computer robot synth sound. People had stopped using it by the mid-80s, but not the Petro Boys. All this drama for the bridge. I didn't believe it. Father, you fought me, cause I didn't care, and I still don't understand. And the third and final verse. Let's flip over to the final mix again. And back to the breakdown. For everything I long to do, no matter when or where or who, has one thing in common too. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sin. I'm going to play with the faders and highlight some of the orchestral strings now. Okay, you can really hear it in this section here. Kind of approaching the end of the song now. And here we have some Latin from Neil Tennant. Confitio Deo omnipotentia vobis, quia peccavinimus cogitatione, verbo opere et emissione, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. This restarting of the song was actually a programming error that they thought sounded great and decided to keep it in before we get to the big dramatic finale. Julian's overriding memory of recording the album was that him and Neil were quite hands-on, whilst Chris Lowe would sit on the couch listening. Every now and again, Chris would get up, hit the record button, play something on the keyboards and sit back down, and it would be genius. Incidentally, the second single was What Have I Done to Deserve This, the collaboration with Dusty Springfield, and this time it was Julian's turn to do a mix on a Stephen Haig production. The singles Rent and Heart followed, and stay tuned if you're a particular fan of that latter track. But it was on the release of It's a Sin that a particular DJ stirred up a little bit of controversy. Shortly after its release, DJ Jonathan King used his column in the Sun newspaper to declare that he believed Neil and Chris had stolen the melody of It's a Sin from Cat Stevens' 1971 hit, Wild World. Now that I've lost everything to you You say you want to start something new And it's breaking my heart you're leaving Give me 
Well, it's true that the chord progression is quite similar, but the melody isn't the same. And hey, there's a lot of songs that use similar chord progressions. I'd say that his claim isn't without foundation, but it really wouldn't stand up in court because the songs are so different and it's quite a regular chord progression at the same time. So, was he right to make these claims? He obviously thought so, because King went as far as to release this cover of the Cat Stevens song. With a 7-inch sleeve that said, actually, it's a sin to steal, Jonathan King possibly wasn't thinking about what he was doing here. That's about as much of that as I can handle. Not surprisingly, the single flopped and the Petra Boys sued Jonathan King. It would be settled out of court and the damages were paid to Neil and Chris's charities. In 2020, Channel 4 in the UK announced that their drama by Russell T Davis, which had had a working title of Boys, would be renamed It's a Sin. Russell had been researching and writing the series for many years, which focused on a group of LGBT characters in the early 1980s, coming to terms with their sexuality during the rise of the AIDS pandemic. By the time it went before the cameras at the end of 2019, the title The Boys had already been used for another well-known drama. I questioned Russell about the choice of the Pet Shop Boys song as the title for the new series. Was there a profound reason? He said, it's just a good title. And you know what? It is. If you're a fan of the song Heart, which also appeared on Actually, and you're a patron of the podcast, you can hear me do a breakdown of the multi-track recording from that song. Stay tuned for details. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Please tell people about this podcast and let me know what you think of it too. For now, goodbye. To unlock the extra content, simply head over to patron.podbean.com forward slash hits. There you can make a donation as much as you like, but at least $2. That will allow you access to the extra episodes, which are published after the main episodes, and you'll get some episodes in advance as well. Thank you so much for your support.